Merry Christmas, son. I see Santa was here. Did he bring you what you asked for this year? Hello! Ho, 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 ho! And welcome to Deep in Bear Country, a Bear and State Bearcast. I'm your ho-ho host, Bill Gonzalez. And why am I ho-ho-hoing so much? Because it is Christmas time. That's right, it's Christmas in July, assuming you are listening to this in July. And I hope you are, because that means you're listening to these as soon as they come out, and that'd be really awesome. And we are taking a look at Stan and Jan Berenstain's The Bear's Christmas. It's exciting, because it is the first holiday-themed book in the Berenstain Bear series, and Let's talk a little bit about Christmas in the world of the Berenstain Bears. This is our first encounter with the idea of Christmas. It's also our first encounter with the idea of, of any sort of major celebration, or gift giving, or any kind of you know mythology. If you know, and we're still pretty early in, but this is this is a big a big milestone. It, it implies that the bears have a belief system. It implies that the bears have a uh, a deep ancient history going back uh, millennia, at least. Two millennia. I mean, I assume at this point that their Christmas and our Christmas are somewhat the same, as we're going to see a few of their traditions are the same. So we're just going to extrapolate from that, that they're celebrating a Christmas not unlike our Christmas. Now, is this a Christmas based on a bear Jesus of some sort? Or is this more, you know, a Christmas based on bear Yuletide traditions? We don't know yet, uh, because right now we know that no religion plays a part in this at all. Like, there, there's no religious symbolism in this Christmas. It's just the bears kicking back, celebrating some Christmas. Uh, it starts off with Papa Bear uh, saying, you know, like, hey, did Santa bring you everything you wanted? So we know there's a Santa. And a Small Bear is pretty excited about what he's gotten. And on the page where it shows Small Bear revealing his presence, Papa and Mama are sharing this awesome look. And if you are a parent, uh, you, you know this look. It's one of those uh, good job on the presents looks that parents give each other. And you know what? Good job on those presents. Small Bear has quite a haul. It's not a lot of presents, but it's really awesome presents. A sled, skates, skis, all in this awesome shade of red. This is a great Christmas haul. I'm very pleased, very proud of the parents, and very happy for Small Bear. And we get a new locale. It's the Bear's sitting room, living room. There's a log fireplace, like a fireplace made out of logs with a candle on top. Also a huge Christmas tree. It's festooned with baubles and candy canes and a gold bead garland and gingerbread men. Wait, uh, gingerbread men, not gingerbread bears. These aren't bears. These are not gingerbread bears. They don't have little bear ears. They don't have necks either, so who knows. But these are gingerbread peoples, persons, gingerbread types. All right. So anyway, uh, Small Bear is very excited about having received the gifts he wanted from Santa. And this is our this is our only real relationship with Christmas we're given in this book. I mean, this otherwise this book could be set on any day. It could be called The Bear's Snow Day for all that Christmas plays a part in it. Uh, Christmas is essentially done by the time the book starts. Uh, it's just the trappings of Christmas, but not even major trappings of Christmas. They're going to set foot outside of that house in one second and they're done. They're gone. Uh, so... Uh, on go the stocking caps, and out go Small Bear and Papa Bear to learn how to use Small Bear's new equipment. And Mama, in this picture, really looks miserable. You get the idea that her attitude towards Papa's shenanigans are, are she's, she's, her patience is getting thin. You can tell. And I love it. I love the fact that there is this progress of Mama's attitude. She is, she already knows this thing is going to turn out pathetically for Papa Bear. And Papa Bear, I'm just going to say that he has a killer stocking cap. It's the same color as his overalls and shirt. It's blue and yellow. 
It's an amazing, amazing thing that he's wearing on his head. But Mama does look miserable. She's not having any of it. But here they go. And Small Bear is very excited about getting to try out his new sled. But Papa Bear does not want to use the sled near the house. He wants to go up a hill that he used to sled on when he was a kid. And so, again, we're given clues that Papa actually grew up in bear country. I mean, we kind of knew this already, but this is a this is a hill that he used to sled down. So, obviously, we're very close to, to his place of... of of childhood his not necessarily but i was gonna say his place of birth he could have been born anywhere he could have been born on mars for all we know but papa introduces us to one of his signature moves he calls it his great belly flop which sounds like something you wouldn't want to do outside while sledding i don't know but whatever uh so they go up this massive mountain it looks enormous like you see them way down in the lower left corner of the of the left side of the page and the mountain just extends beyond into the uh, other page but when papa actually does his big belly flop it's kind of a letdown it's just a few yards below he just flops down on the other side of the mountain and it's just you know maybe like 10 10 feet down I mean, you don't want to actually belly flop that far down in real life. But for this story, it's it's actually pretty small. And, and I'm going to tell you right now that Papa only really does three things in this book. And this is a long book. You know, this is your 60-some-odd page book. So there's a lot of time spent on the getting there parts uh, and Papa demonstrating how to use a sled. Papa, small bear, begging to use the sled himself. There's a, a little bit of filler in this book. It's okay. It's not one gag after another, and I kind of like that. Um, Papa's really excited to show off what he knows and to sort of relive his childhood. You get a little few more hints of what Papa was like as a cub, and he's just trying to show Small Bear that he was a cool bear, too. So, you know, I, I can't blame him for that, but it does cut in on the gags in this book. So the Berenstains are attempting to write a story. The Berenstains had attempted to write a story that took place in a snowy environment years before this. We all know that book. Nothing ever happens to the South Pole. And I have to say, the illustrations in this book show how difficult it is to keep pages and pages of white landscape looking interesting. It really falls onto the dynamics of movement in the characters to pull it off. And they, they really do pull it off. Uh, these characters move. They express themselves. Because otherwise, it is just a lot of white snow. It's just a lot of white snow. So the next thing, Papa gets mad. He screws up once. Small Bear helps him out of the snow. And Papa gets angry. He's already getting fed up with the way this afternoon is turning out. So he takes Small Bear to uh, go ice skating to teach him how to use his skates. Uh, He says he used to be called the Great Skating Bear, which sounds made up. He won first prize in what? We don't know. In something. Uh, And then he straps Small Bear's skates onto his feet. And again, we're seeing Papa Bear just make bad choices now. Like, this isn't the Papa Bear who wants to teach Small Bear how to ride a bike. This is Papa Bear with something to prove. I don't know. There's something that's off in this book. It's something... Papa is angry he's acting angry he he's beyond determined he wants to show off for his son he wants to show what an awesome bear he used to be this is this is really papa acting in papa's own self-interest like this is papa doing this for papa's ego again character development i'm not liking this papa but he's moving somewhere he uh tries to do a figure eight and falls through the ice small bear hauls him out and Papa is cartoonishly frozen. Again, this takes a few pages, too. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of time taken establishing these gags, showing the aftermath, and then showing Small Bear skating himself. We haven't seen this yet. I mean, we saw the Bear Scouts do things the right way while Papa was doing things the wrong way. But this is the first time Papa injures himself, and then Small Bear shows him how it's done. He also builds a fire for Papa, which I can only assume is a result of him being 
a bear scout leader because this is a pretty good fire. I don't even know how he started it or where he got the sticks, but he starts a, a fire up so that Papa can defrost. We're getting some major movement and breaking of the pattern of these books. Small Bear is getting older. He's getting more competent. And he skates a figure 16, which is hilarious. Like he skates a one and a six. Uh, I'm very proud of Small Bear. Uh, we get to a new locale, a Bear Country ski jump, a legit ski jump. I mean, seriously, it's a, uh, a ski lift and everything. It's not even just a hillside. It's a real jump, like a big... The big Olympic-sized ramp that comes down off the side of that. I mean, I'm sure people are going to correct me. It's not called a ramp, but it's that thing. It's a ski thing. It's shooting down off the side of a hill. And why is it here? Who operates it? For what reason? We don't know. Uh, there's no operator or anything. But they take the ski lift up. Uh, they get to the top, and Papa warns Small Bear, you know, don't slip or trip on your skis. And then he proceeds to slip and trip, uh, falls out of the skis, and he goes rolling down the hill. Small Bear straps the skis onto his own feet, uh, Chases after Papa Bear, who is rolling up into, as only cartoon characters can do, a giant snowball. Papa Bear launches off the ski off the ski jump himself. A small bear with perfect form uh, launches off the ski jump as well, hauling his sled and skates behind him. And then, and then, words cannot express how exciting the next part of this book uh, is. It's the reason this book is a monument in the history of the Berenstain Bears uh, characters and story. It is a monument in the history of bear country, and it is now a monument in the history of this podcast. And uh, why is that? Because Papa Bear Snowball rolls and rolls and ends up going through Bear Town, or whatever you want to call it, a uh, bear city, a bear place. But we are now in the city beyond the sunny dirt road the snowball with papa bear inside it and small bear on his skis go screaming down i assume it's main street there's garland up there's Rees. there's a big banner that says merry christmas and there are three stores the first store is called store the second store is called store the third store is called store there are our bears with their heads looking out of the windows, these are legit bear characters. These are not weasels. These are not dogs. These are not cats. These are not porcupines. These are not hippopotamuses. These are not alligators. These are bears. This is bear country. This is bear town. This is bear commerce. These are bear streets. This is a bear celebration. These are bears. We have bears. We have bear town and three stores called store. We have three stores called store. Papa Bear ends up getting wrapped up in decorations and crashes into their house. They all sit down to a Christmas dinner while Papa shivers and soaks his cold feet in hot water and everyone declares it the best Christmas ever. That's it. That's all that happens. Uh, I mean, Papa Bear screws three things up, ends up smashing into his house. Small Bear helps him inside. They sit down to it looks like a giant turkey dinner. And that's it. That's all the Christmas there is. I guess the last page is Small Bear looking out of the uh, of the window. Christmas tree in the background. He's sucking on a candy cane, giving the reader a really strange look, really weird look. I don't know, actually know what it means, but uh, a strangely un-Christmassy Christmas book. And I want to talk a little bit, just a little bit, because I'm no expert, but I want to talk a little bit about Christmas and children's entertainment. Uh, this book came out in 1970, and Christmas was still just an assumed thing like yes you could conceive of the fact that there were people in your neighborhood and in major cities who didn't celebrate christmas but christmas was pretty much a given and children's books and children's movies and children's tv specials that dealt with christmas 
didn't have to deal with it explicitly at all. Didn't have to explain it, didn't have to uh, explore its tropes, didn't have to describe what was going on. Christmas could simply be a backdrop and the story could function as a Christmas story. Culturally, we were just living in a Christmas world. And this book is a perfect reflection of that. It's called The Bear's Christmas. So from a modern point of view, you expect it to be about, you know, small bear being nervous about Santa coming or uh, the bears decorating their house and not being able to find the ornaments or cutting down that perfect Christmas tree, which we'll get to later on, or any number of, you know, Christmas plots. Uh, Even today, it could be a religious tone, which I'm sure the bears will get to in a few decades. But at the time this was written, Christmas was just a given. It was a thing. It's like a summer book. You know, books that take place in the summer, you don't have characters sitting around explaining, you know, the, the, the axial tilt of the planet Earth to describe what summer is to people. It's just, you know what summer is. And so this book can call itself The Bear's Christmas and never actually deal with Christmas other than that's how Small Bear got his gifts. I think it's interesting. And it shows the shift that we've taken culturally where uh, there's a there's a weight and an import to putting out a, a Christmas book. You, it's almost a political statement uh, uh, when, you, when you do it. Whether or not that's a good or bad thing, I'll you know, leave it up to the listeners, but uh, I just find this a very fascinating artifact of, of the late 60s, early 70s, and the position of you know, Christmas on our pop cultural landscape. Uh, one final thing is the end pages. As always, they are gorgeous. Icy, snowy bear country, the way the wood peeks through, the way Ma- the look on Mama's face as she's waving goodbye to Papa and Small Bear. Just amazing. Just just beautiful. I really enjoyed uh, the look of this book. I enjoyed the feel of this book. It showed that the Baron States could write about snow and ice and not have a boring penguin walking through a boring non-story. This book has less story than Nothing Ever Happens in the South Pole, but it's just so much more, it's just so much more exciting to read. Uh, and that's it. Uh, In our next episode, we will be covering two books. Uh, Again, we might be slipping into the alternate bear-ish universe that we explored in our last episode. If you did not listen to our last episode, you missed out. Will we be visiting Small Bear's dream world again? Yes. Oh, yes, we will. At least I hope so. I hope we get that far. That would be pretty fun to do that again. Uh, So thank you once more uh, for listening. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can download us on whatever podcatcher you want. You can see us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Please, please, please let me know if you're listening. And if you are not listening, then how am I talking to you? How is this happening? That's weird. It's weird. Where am I? What's going on? What's going on? Once again, I am Phil Gonzalez. I will acknowledge that you might be here next time.